Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes. And I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. This is the Engaging Missions Show, Episode 267. This week, we're talking with Corey Nichols about forgiveness, redemption, and more. And I remember saying, you know what, God, I just forgive. If you say forgive, how can I hold this? And this massive weight was lifted off of me. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Thanks so much for stopping by and welcome to the show. We want to provide a way for thousands of people to hear messages, make connections, and take action. And I would like to mention that I also edit and produce other podcasts like the Foundational Missions Leadership Moment. If you or somebody you know is looking for help with a podcast, send an email to feedback at engagingmissions.com. In fact, as I'm recording this, I actually have a quick call scheduled later this week to talk with someone about starting their podcast for their ministry. So I'm really interested in talking to you about that as well, if that interests you. Quick welcome to Carol, Brad, Claire, and Amy, who all recently liked the Engaging Missions Facebook page. And if you've been following for a while, you know that I've been looking for someone to help with some administrative things. I've been able to work with somebody, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in some future episodes. But I've started having her help with some research, and that's been a huge help, not just in terms of time savings, but also there's incredible value in having some additional perspective. So I've really been happy with that, and that's been a great thing. So if you were praying about that, thank you for your prayers. Before we get into our featured segment, I'd like to say a quick thank you to our sponsor. I've been sharing with you for a few weeks about Love Never Fails International and the missions trip that they're leading to India. But what you might not know is that Love Never Fails International also offers you the ability to sponsor children. Your donation will provide education, a hot meal, and discipleship. And when you partner through Love Never Fails International, you can trust that your sponsored child will have access to the gospel in areas such as Mumbai, Calcutta, and more. This is an opportunity to invest in the kingdom in practical ways that show a powerful return over and over because Love Never Fails is an accredited agency or an accredited charity through ECFA. You can trust that they are good stewards of your generosity. Would you take a minute right now to pray about this and see if God is moving you to join others like you as you invest in his kingdom? And visit engagingmissions.com slash love to find out more. Check it out today, engagingmissions.com slash love. All right, today we have with us Corey Nichols. He is the chief spokesperson for Destiny Rescue USA, where he uses his voice to speak up on behalf of millions of children whose voices have been silenced. He inspires people to take action, and he shares how God can take the broken pieces of our lives and work them together for our good and for the benefit of others. Corey, welcome to the show. Oh, Brian, it's a wonderful privilege to be on your show. Anytime I get a chance to shed light on the issue of child trafficking, my own personal story from brokenness to wholeness, it is a wonderful privilege and just humbling to know that God can take 
the brokenness of our past and use it for great good. So thank you for having me. Oh, it's it's totally my pleasure. I, I was sharing with you that I'm just, I continue to be astounded that God lets me connect with people and to talk with them about what God's done in their lives. So this is a huge privilege for me as well. As I think about all of the things that you do, one of the things that kind of struck me is it could sound like quite a mouthful. You're a speaker, you travel, you're working on behalf of people being released from child slavery, some things like that. That's a, that's a lot of stuff to manage in my mind. What's the common thread that ties everything together for you? For me, it goes back to something in my own life. I was abused as a minor, and I know we'll get more into my story probably in, in a couple minutes, but yeah. I'm driven to help people in life, especially children, be set free and to, to create a world free of sexual abuse, especially that of minors, that they could live in a world free of abuse and exploitation and live out their God-given destiny. And I also have a heart to just help set people free in general. I, I've learned a lot on this journey from brokenness to wholeness. Some of those things is learning to let go of anger and mm. unforgiveness and bitterness, things that can poison you really from stepping forward into God's destiny and purpose for you. And so I've had to go through my own journey of wholeness, but I am on a mission today to help people find and fulfill their purpose and to be a voice on behalf of kids all over the world that are being mm. enslaved in the commercial sex industry. And my heart is that they will be set free, that God's people would realize the part they can play in this, to stand up for those that can't stand up for themselves and really be their voice, to be rescuers. God has rescued us so that we can be rescuers of others. Yeah. So to kind of set the stage, we probably do need to talk a little bit about your story, you know, how God walked with you to bring healing. Can you share with us a little bit about what it is in your life that led you to your passion for this and then how God walked with you through that season to bring you to where you are? Absolutely. would love to. So I actually grew up in a great, loving Christian family, had parents that that loved God. I was a part of a family that were church planters. We, we wow. were able to plant four different churches. My dad was not the senior pastor, but he was in uh, a key part of starting those churches. And so we were around, I like to say I was involved in church nine months before I was born. Um, <laughs> it just was a part of our family. And I grew up with a heart for justice. I remember sitting in elementary school in fifth grade, learning about history in the United States, about slavery in America, how people were bought and sold mm. in our country based off the color of their skin. And they had literally less rights than animals. They were considered property. And I remember as this young person sitting in that class thinking, these were people that were made in the image of Almighty God. And yet mm. people were treating them with such disrespect and I remember thinking to myself, God, why was I born in this generation? Why wasn't I born back in the 16, 17, 1800s to end slavery in America? Kind of a lofty thought for a 10-year-old. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know why I thought those thoughts, but I can remember very vividly sitting in that class wondering those things. Well, fast forward, and I, I think this is kind of an important piece. I don't share this piece often, but I remember as a freshman in high school sitting 
in this class that was mixed upperclassmen. It was a computer business class. So it wasn't just freshmen. There were freshmen, sophomores, I think juniors in the class. And these two hmm. star basketball players, they were sophomores, but they were star basketball players. They were playing on varsity. They happened to be making fun of this girl. She was a little overweight and she had body odor. And I remember seeing them just laughing and making fun of her to the point where they made this girl cry. Wow. And something rose up inside of me that said, that's not okay. And so I marched straight up to them. I was five foot three, 95 <laughs> pounds wet. And I went straight up to them. I said, look, what are you guys doing to that girl? Like, she she's crying like that's not cool and i'm asking you to stop and to my amazement they actually stopped wow and so uh, looking back over my life i see that god has put in me a justice heart and a heart to stand up for the vulnerable the exploited those being made fun of well fast forward just a little bit more my sophomore year my parents went through a tragic divorce. Mm. Again, it came out of nowhere in my in my young mind. It was not an over the night thing, but in my mind it was. And I remember my family just being ripped apart and I remember the day my dad moved out of our home and I remember crying saying daddy don't leave us mm -hmm. and tears streaming down my face and our family was left broken, wounded, vulnerable and during that time, we were looking to be comforted and a person who was going to be comforting us ended up coming over to our house and I woke up to him sexually molesting me in, mm. in the middle of the night. And so sometimes when you're in a broken or desperate situation in a vulnerable state, instead of getting help, sometimes people can take advantage of that situation. And yeah. so I went away from that experience being angry, bitter, full of fear. And I felt like robbed of my childhood, honestly. And I ended up fast forward again to high school or through high school. I went away to college to a university, Purdue University in Indiana. I'm from Indiana. And I, God really got a hold of me in college and started teaching me about a deep abiding relationship with God. And I, I don't have time to go into all of the stories of how that ended up happening, but I was searching for God like I had never sought before. And God began to teach me that he was a relational God, not just a God on the pages of scripture and a God of the Old Testament where he related to people or even just in the Bible. He wants an abiding relationship with you and I. And it was yeah. through that searching. The scripture says that you'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. So God was a part of my life. I was a Christian, but God was not the Lord of my life. And it was through a set of circumstances that I began to seek God like I'd never sought him before. And it was through that, that God became very real to me. Mm. He started pinpointing areas in my life that were broken. And one of them was a broken relationship with my dad. I didn't want anything to do with my dad. I actually resented my dad and had a very standoffish relationship with him. And I remember one day, I was going home to my younger brother's choir performance. He was still in high school. And both sets of my parents are remarried at this point. And I had to decide which set of parents I was going to sit with. And 
I was wrestling with this in my heart because no matter which set of parents you, you decided you were going to sit with, right. It caused stress for the other. And then they would be upset that you didn't choose them. And it, it just was a nightmare. So I was thinking about all of this on the drive back to my younger brother's choir performance. And deep on the inside, I felt God speak to my heart. Corey, I've forgiven your dad. I want you to forgive him. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like that can't (laughs) possibly be God. And I was like, well, I know it wasn't me. And this internal wrestling match was happening in my heart the whole drive back. But I came to this place. I said, God, if you've forgiven, how can I hold this against my dad any longer? I cast all the blame on him. (laughs) Looking back now, he wasn't fully to blame in the whole thing, but I definitely had my opinion about things. And and I remember saying, you know what, God, I just forgive. If you say forgive, how can I hold this? And this massive weight was lifted off of me. Mm. So God became real and God began to set me free from a lot of chains that were holding me down. So again, I went to college, got a degree in uh, landscape architecture. And after college, I went and I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, where I started working for this landscape architecture firm, and I was involved in two great churches there. And while there, the 2008 economy collapse happened. And I, at this point, had a nice house. I had a nice career. I even had a nice little sports car. And I was involved, again, in two great churches. But during the the collapse, our firm started struggling financially. And eventually, we started getting uh, pay cuts, more pay cuts. And eventually names were being called to be laid off. And eventually my name was called. I couldn't find work coast to coast. And I ended up literally losing absolutely everything. I remember the day I put all of my furniture out of my driveway. I had a short window of time to sell it. I was going to move back home with my dad and stepmom and live in their basement. And I couldn't sell any, pretty much anything. I didn't have enough time to sell it. So I pretty much had to give it all away. And I ended up declaring bankruptcy and I lived in my parents' basement for two years without a vehicle rebounding financially. And it was in this low point that I had a close friend of mine call me up and said, Hey, Corey, why is all this stuff happening to you? If you obviously must be in sin, otherwise, (laughs) that's great. And so I was thinking to myself, I was like, I don't know if I'm in sin or not, but I think I'm going to be in about two seconds because I'm going to reach through this phone. I'm going to strangle you. Like, yeah. where's your compassion? Where's your empathy for people going through a difficult time? And so I remember getting on my knees and saying, God, I don't know why this is happening to me, but to the best of my knowledge, I've tried to serve you. I've tried to be a good steward of my money. And no matter what decisions I make, I feel like I'm going further and further into a place that I can't get out of. Because of the economy, my house was upside down. I couldn't sell it. I couldn't sell my car. So I ended up declaring bankruptcy. And I lived in, again, in my parents' basement for two years without a vehicle. And it was in this low point, in this place of absolute humility, I felt God speak to my heart, Corey, I want you to set captives free. I was like, what does that even mean? I'm broke. I have no money. What could I do to offer you anything, God? And it was like this internal conversation. There were more impressions in my heart than anything. It wasn't this audible voice. But this, I felt God 
speak to me, Corey, I don't need anything from you. I want you. I own everything. I can open any door at any time. I'm looking for somebody who's willing and available to do what I want, when I want, wherever I want. Are you willing? And I said, God, whatever that means, it's just yes. And so I went and I, uh, a couple of days later, was talking with a friend of mine about this internal conversation I was having with God. And she said, well, Corey, you have a really interesting story from brokenness to wholeness. Have you ever considered writing a blog and sharing out of your story to wholeness? And I said, no, but what do I have to lose? So I started this free blog on blogger.com. And within two months, the largest Christian newspaper company in the country contacted me. And so we found your blog. We love how you write. The message you're sharing, we think our audience needs to hear. What would you think about writing for us? And that began a published writing career for me. Wow. So I did that for about a year and did some incredible work with that uh, newspaper company. And while working with them, I came across the work of Destiny Rescue. It's an international Christian-based nonprofit organization that's dedicated to rescuing and restoring children enslaved in sexual slavery. And this man that was speaking to this audience, and I was emceeing this event at this time in my life, he started sharing about how they, that these rescue agents would literally risk their lives going undercover into the commercial sex industry, identifying children trapped in the sex trade, and they would rescue them out of those hellish situations, and they would give them their dignity back, and they would introduce them to Christ. They would provide healing and restoration for these kids. And I remember thinking to myself, how on earth could I not be a part of promoting this organization? So I said, I'd love to write an article on your organization. So I found out you could go overseas to Thailand and Cambodia and visit their work. And that was my goal, to go write an article, to interview the founder, to interact with rescue victims, and then write an article. So that's what I did. And while there in Thailand and Cambodia... I interviewed the founder and halfway through the trip, he approached me and said, our writers leaving the organization, what would you think about coming on staff and writing for us? And uh, in great faith, I said no. And I came back to the States and I couldn't sleep for two weeks. God wow. just kept ticking in my heart, Corey, I want you to be a voice for these kids. I've been working behind the scenes in your life for a long time. And I'm about to bring to pass great good out of your life. God's not the author of evil, but he doesn't prevent every evil because he sees our lives in the future of trophies of his grace that through his power, we can offer hope to others. And so I eventually said yes. And I moved overseas to Thailand to become Destiny Rescue's senior writer and eventually their international media director. And while there, I started doing research on why children end up in the in the sex industry. And two leading causes I found were the instability and breakdown of family and poverty. What's interesting is I walk through those things in my own journey. And what I believe is God was developing in me a compassionate heart for broken families and children that have experienced horrific abuse, not so that I could turn a blind eye, but I could be a voice for them. What's interesting is I used to be really critical of people that struggled financially. I used to say, just get a job at McDonald's, a one size fit all to their problems. But yet I was college educated. I talked to financial experts and I still lost everything. I couldn't get out of the perfect storm I was in. And little did I know that God was developing in me empathy and compassion for hurting families 
that were struggling all over this world that need help. Instead of looking through a critical judgmental lens, I now had compassion for them and was willing to fight for them to defend them instead of judge them. So I would say that is why my why behind what I'm doing today and why I'm so passionate about it. One of the things I'm wondering, because you've been involved in this for a while, I don't know exactly how many years, but it's been a while. Seven years. Seven years. Is that right? Yep. So what I'm wondering is what's it like to look into the eyes of somebody who's just been set free for the first time and starting to realize who they are? What's what's that like for you? For one, it's, it's incredible. And for me, who's endured a lot of pain over my years, looking back, it makes it all worth it to see the tears streaming down these kids' faces and say, you would consider my life worthy enough to come rescue. In many of the countries we work in, they're shame honor-based cultures. The reason this has happened to them in their Buddhist mind or their Hindu mind is because they did something wrong in a former life and they're paying the penalty today. Instead of saying, in light that there's a God in heaven that loves them, that wants to redeem them, that wants them to be part of their forever family. They hold these beliefs that causes them to feel hopeless. There's absolutely no hope for them. But when we can come in and offer them truth and the love of Jesus Christ, the light bulb turns on. And this one girl said this, thank you for introducing me to the bestest God, Jesus. He Mm. means absolutely everything to me. And so I just feel it's the most rewarding life ever to to introduce people to Christ, especially those that have been so broken. And let's talk about that for just a second, because a lot of times I think what you're working with are children. Jesus made it really clear that children are important to him. How, How do you see God's heart being revealed in and through their lives when you're working with them? For one, God doesn't give up on anyone, no matter how broken of a past or, you know, at first they might be resistant because of the brokenness in their lives. But as you don't give up on these kids and you, they begin to build trust with you over time because the places we're going are not good places. They've been lied to, tricked or whatever. And then for them to take a, a, a risk of faith or a step of faith to trust you for them to believe that what you're offering them is really true. And then when they come to one of our safe homes or are put into one of our community care programs and they see the words that you've really shared with them are true and that they can go on to live, be healed of their past, be introduced to Christ, be empowered with tools, vocational training, education, to go on to get to receive incredible jobs in their future tears just start streaming down their face. And they just say, thank you that you would consider my life worthy enough to rescue. I didn't think there was any hope, but I cried out to God that he would deliver me, that he would send an angel, that he would send somebody to deliver me. And then one day, one of our rescue agents, a short time later, would enter that that brothel or that red light district, and we would rescue them. There's nothing more rewarding than that. And mm. to, to be honest with you, it, it's like God in heaven, said, you know what? My creation messed up royally. Sin entered our world, but I wanted to pave the way for humanity to be in relationship, right relationship with me again. And he sent his only son, Mm. humbling himself. God humbled himself. And then his own creation spat on him, beat him, 
laughed at him, mocked him. And he said, I'm going to the cross for all of you. And if at any point you humble yourself and you receive this free gift I've offered, it's yours. I want you to be with me. And so for me to be able to offer hope to these kids, there's nothing like it. Wow. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty incredible. One of the things, because you, you kind of mentioned that they have trouble trusting. Does it take a lot of work to help them understand that you are trustworthy? It can take anywhere from a couple days to several weeks to months to even years to where they feel that they can really trust you and what you're offering is really true and that they're ready for rescue. It's it's just a tragic thing for these kids to be introduced into this environment, but they're brainwashed many times. They're pressured by their own families. Many times their parents sell them into these establishments to pay off a debt. And many, many cultures, it's the responsibility of the young person to take care of their parents when they get older. And in many of these developing countries, they might be 12 years old or 14 years old or 15 years old. And now this massive weight of responsibility to care for their aging parents or their sick parents Mm -hmm. is now on their shoulders with little to no education. They go out looking for work and they're easily tricked, coerced, pressured to do more than what they were originally offered. And those brothels or those beer garden managers are exploiting their, their vulnerability because of poverty many times. So yeah, it takes time to build that trust. But man, when they recognize that what you're offering is really true, it's amazing. So our organization this year has already rescued over 600 victims. Wow. Uh, we're rescuing on average almost five victims a day. Many of them are kids. We do rescue men and women, but m- our mission is focused on rescuing children out of the sex industry. So we rescue kids from 17 years old down to 18 months old. We'll rescue. What's the size of the task? The issue of human trafficking is a global issue. It affects every country in our world. It affects all 50 states. And it's the fastest growing illegal enterprise in our world today. And it's a massive moneymaker. It's a $150 billion a year industry. $99 billion of it is specific to sexual exploitation. And sadly, there's estimated to be at least a million children trapped in the commercial sex industry around the world, predominantly in Asia. According to the International Labor Organization, 73% of all traffic victims in the world are in Asia. Those are experts' best guesses, but no one really knows for sure because it's it's such a hidden issue. No one's out there waving signs, hey, children are for sale or, you know, there's yeah. traffic victims for sale because it, it's a dark issue. So it's underground, it's hidden, and people are being exploited every single day. Millions of them every single day are being exploited. So my heart is to connect people to God's heart. God has cares for justice. Isaiah 61, 8 says this, For I, the Lord, love justice. Because he loves it, he wants us, his church, his people to care what he cares about. And he wants the most vulnerable of vulnerable to be able to live out their destiny free of abuse and exploitation so that they can know that there's a God in heaven willing to fight for them. And we have the wonderful privilege today in our world to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be the city on a hill, a bright light Mm. saying, this is the way to walk in it. 
How does that desire to see God's glory revealed in people and to to discover what God's doing and to make that connection and see that restoration, how does that shape what you do as compared to only trying to help free people, but not not taking it that step further? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I think it depends on your worldview. Like everything that our organization does is Christ-centered because of what God's done for us. How can we not but want to go offer that to other people? And, you know, we're working in a, in a lane in the body of Christ that's rescuing kids out of the sex industry. And we're providing restoration and healing and wholeness for children and their families, empowering them, providing vocational training. We also do preventative measures where we're eliminating risk factors that would create vulnerability. So we work in some of the darkest, most closed off countries in the world to the gospel. In Thailand, it's 1.2% Christianity. We work in some other undisclosed locations uh, because it's there, there's, so, there's so much persecution regarding Christianity. We don't mention those countries mm-hmm. publicly, but we're in those countries offering these children and these families hope. We're rescuing these kids and then we're introducing them to Christ. And we're saying we're doing this in the name of Jesus. And ultimately, he is the great physician. Like you can remove them from one form of bondage, if you will. But if you are introducing them to the maker of all things who understands what they were created for and teaching them their intrinsic value and worth, whether they go back to that or they get fill something else trying to find a need, ultimately they're going to come up short because Jesus is the living water and he alone can truly fill those, those voids in our life. And so at the core of our organization, we're offering that hope in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. One of the things I'm wondering, and you can tell me if this isn't an appropriate topic to talk about, because I I don't want to turn this into a spectacle, if you will, but I'm wondering if you can share any stories of the actual transformations you've seen as people have been rescued and then God has really worked on them. Absolutely. So one girl, um, her name is Bottom. Uh, She came from a loving family that loved and believed in her. Just so that I've changed her name. So you don't, and I'm not going to mention the country, but this beautiful girl came from a loving family. They they loved her. They were an impoverished family, but the father grew sick. He had to go into the hospital where he accrued a $2,200 medical bill. And then he passed away. Sadly, the mother who was a stay at home mom with little to no education. Now all of a sudden was forced to be the sole breadwinner in the family and the Mm. mounting pressure to help her family survive and to pay off the debt. She went out looking for work. She found a job picking mangoes all day, every day. She made $38 a month picking mangoes. That's just over a dollar a day. That wasn't enough to pay off her debt. And so she made the difficult decision to send her 15-year-old daughter out looking for work. Well, she went to the big city where she was easily tricked and coerced. And she found Mm. herself in the sex industry. One of our rescue agents rescued her. And we sent caseworkers out to her village to discover how uh, the young person ended up in the sex industry. And we found out that the mom actually was a loving mom and had no clue what really had happened to her daughter. And Mm. she was mortified what happened. And so we also found out that the mother was a gifted cook and that she 
just needed vision. She needed, or she just needed an opportunity. She had vision and mm. she just needed an opportunity to purchase a food cart. So Destiny Rescue provided a micro loan to her. Yeah. And we, we jump started a business for her. She went from making $38 a month to $220 a month. Her child ended up in our aftercare program, learning about the love of God, gave her life to Christ, went through a vocational training po- program of sewing and ended up getting a job uh, working for a church as the children's director at a church as she grew in her relationship with mm. God. So here, here you have this family that was had all these pressures on them. The, the, the daughter was found herself in the sex industry. We rescued her. She was healed and restored. And the mother was given an opportunity to produce more income. That is the work of our organization. Now, there's still challenges in stories like that. Yeah. Um, like if more tragedy hits that family, there's mounting pressure for, again, those young people to go out looking for work because their family needs to survive. And so, again, we just recently found out this beautiful girl felt pressured to go back to find more work because her family, again, was was needing more income than what she was what she was able to do and what her mother was able to provide. And so our organization found out what was happening with her. And she said, I don't want this life, like what I'm made to do in this new job that I've had to, to do. I don't want this. And so our organization is in the process of, of helping find a solution for her and her family. So again, our organization is involved in providing miracles for these kids and these families in real life, difficult situations. I wish it was once you set a girl free or once you help a family, they can ride off into the sunset and nothing right. ever happens. But we all know in the in, in our own lives that that's not the case. And in many times in these countries that we work in, there's no safety nets. There's no unemployment checks that you can get when right. you face hard times or there's no insurance policy, life insurance policy that you can fall back on. It's basically survival mode. Uh, but we're providing the opportunity for these kids and these families to be empowered. So what's beautiful we have an 84% success rate when kids wow. come through our care that they'll stay clear of the sex industry once we rescue them. And again, on average, we're rescuing about five victims a day. Now, I, I do want to clarify that not all kids that we rescue or individuals, we do rescue men and women, they do not all go through our programs. We refer them on to other programs okay. in countries where either we don't have a safe home or the government in doing coordinated raids sometimes with the police, they have child protective service laws and uh, programs that you have to, those kids have to go through their program. So it's not a West size fits all opportunity for, for those that we rescue. But when they go through our care, we have an 84% success rate of keeping kids out, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. I I would imagine that you, you can't help every kid. How, How do you deal with knowing that there are other children that you can't get to? Well, it wrecks every one of us. Yeah. You know, our, our founder, we, we just did this new documentary for our organization. It's not out yet to the public, but there were tears streaming down his face and our, and our key rescue agents, our international rescue manager's face, 
knowing that one of the raids that we were working, coordinating with police failed. In other words, someone tipped off the brothel and those kids doing all this investigative work were no, were no longer there and they were dispersed throughout the city or into other cities and they were going on to be exploited night after night. That wrecks every one of us. And just like it breaks God's heart that he wishes none would perish, we yeah. wish no child would ever have to spend another night in those horrific environments. But we know because of brokenness, because of sin, because of people's fear or the pressures of their parents or their their trafficker that's making them stay in, in a sense, like brainwashing their minds. That breaks our heart. And we are going to, just like God won't give up on us, he'll leave the 99 to go after the one. We will go after these kids mm. over and over again and re-rescue them if need be. Our heart is to help them find and fulfill the purpose God created them for. And he doesn't give up on us. So we're not giving up on them. Yeah, man. Powerful, powerful stuff. I'm wondering as a person in North America listening, we've, we've got listening to this show, primarily people that are interested in church planting missions have a heart to see God's glory revealed, but not everybody's necessarily called to do what you do. What's the best way for people that have a heart for this, but not necessarily a specific calling to get involved? So, so there's a lot of great ways. Number one, our heart is to empower the church. If you're a church leader or you're somebody that attends a church and you want your church actively involved in this, you you can approach your leadership or maybe you are the leader. You can host a rescue Sunday at your church. And so basically one of our representatives will come and share about the issue of trafficking, connect you with God's heart. What is God's heart for this issue? And then we want to empower those that God's stirring their hearts individually for this issue to be able to take action. And so one thing that you can do by hosting Rescue Sunday is by offering people to become a rescue partner. So for any monthly amount, we wanted to remove any barrier that would keep people that want to be involved from being involved if God's stirring their heart to. So whether that's $5 a month, $10, $25, $100, when you link arms by becoming a rescue partner, you're helping us rescue, restore, and reintegrate kids on a monthly basis. And again, we're rescuing on average five victims a day now. And so you're sowing into great work. You're sowing into some of the darkest countries closed off to the gospel. And what not a better thing to do to link arms with an organization that's going into dark places, rescuing these kids and introducing them to their creator and into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So you can host, you can, you can host a rescue Sunday. If you don't want one of our representatives to do that, we've provided all the tools and resources for you to host your rescue Sunday independently from our organization. That's easy. You can follow us on social media by simply sharing our organization, uh, the things going on with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can shed light on this issue and really encourage people that don't know about us to find more, uh, find out more about us and, and engage with us. So again, we're Destiny Rescue. You can find us on, on all of those sites. You can also go on a team trip. You can go visit our work um, on the front lines in Thailand and Cambodia where you interact with victims that we've rescued. You get to learn about the issue front and center. Uh, You'll walk through a red light area, literally ones that we rescue kids out of. You won't go into the establishments, but you're going to see 
darkness. And you're going to see our organization on the front lines fighting for these kids. You'll, mm. you'll interact with our caseworkers, our counselors, our rescue agents, our country managers, and they're life-changing trips for you to see up close and personal this issue and what God is doing in the face of it to rescue and restore kids. So I would say those are some great ways. If you have a business, you, you had mentioned that some people are in vocational, that they have vocation. Yeah. Your business can become a rescue partner. There's a lot of ways for your employees to get behind us as well. You can go directly on our website and learn about corporate partnerships, whether you're a small business, medium size or large corporation. There's a lot of great ways that uh, your company can get involved. And so there's a lot of neat things there as well. Wow. So I, I think I heard five or six different things. There's potentially hosting an event, getting involved financially, connecting on social media, taking a trip to see what things are really like, and also corporate sponsorships. So if any of those spoke to you, we will have links in the show notes so you can connect with Destiny Rescue right there. As we bring this to a close, one other question for you. It'll be a couple of months before this airs, but I'm wondering how can we best pray for you? For me personally, I travel a lot, uh, speaking around the United States, and I also travel internationally for our organization. I just got back from Southeast Asia. And my heart, I think the biggest thing you do is like, I want to help people engage with God's heart to defend kids. Hmm. And if you have a heart for this issue, pray that God would raise up laborers to defend those that can't stand up for themselves. Again, this issue is the fastest growing illegal enterprise in our world today. Wow. And God wants his people in these last days to be a bright light of hope, offering the, the message to say, this is the way, walk in it. And if we can rescue these kids, just think of the opportunity for them to know their maker. And so pray, pray that God would raise up laborers not only to be on the front lines, but that would join and link arms with us so that we can push back darkness and in this great evil in our world. Yeah. Wow. Good stuff. For those of you listening, I would like to encourage you to just go ahead right now, pause the recording and take a minute to do that prayer. Because if you're like me, there's a good chance if you wait to do it at bedtime, you're probably going to forget. Or if you're thinking about doing it tomorrow. So take a minute to pray for that because your prayers matter. Our partnership together on this kind of thing matters. So I'd encourage you to do that. Corey, I just want to say huge thanks for taking the time to do this. It's really been great to connect with you and hear what God's doing in your life. Oh, thank you, Brian. It's a wonderful privilege to be on your show. Just an honor, again, to anytime I get to shed light on the issue of human trafficking and the work of Destiny Rescue and to be a voice for kids, uh, it's just a great honor. So thank you for having me. Oh, you're, you're quite welcome. Huge thank you again to Corey Nichols for being with us and also to Love Never Fails International for sponsoring this show and also to you for joining us. Show notes are available at engagingmissions.com slash Corey Nichols. That's where you're going to find links, quotes, and resources to help you engage and connect with our guests. Make sure that you come back next time. We're going to be hearing from Ann White of Courage for Life about her vision for what God can do through his word. Really powerful stuff and lots of resources for you as well. Make sure that you don't miss that by subscribing to the show at engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. And please help us understand how we can improve the show and serve you better. If you have feedback, send that to feedback at engagingmissions.com. One more time, really looking forward to connecting with you in a couple weeks. I think you're really going to enjoy that episode.